Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast, The Wire Remixed, Season 4, Episode 6, Margin Era. As always, I'm joined by one, Robert Sapp. How you doing? How you doing this early evening, Mr. Sapp? Doing very well. Doing very well. Enjoying the snow. You know, what little bit there is right now, but it's another another story. Um, this episode uh, is marked the midpoint, basically the midpoint of the season. Um, season three, excuse me, season four had 13 episodes. Um, and if you don't, if you don't realize, uh, give you some, give you a bit of backstory um, uh, of this episode, not of this episode of this season. Um, we all we discussed earlier that the wire was was initially was not going to come back for season four, let alone season five. So they uh, put in a, a a show that would kind of bridge the gap. Uh, in between this break that they had called the hall, which was supposed to tell the story of, of Carcetti and Mayor Gray, not Mayor Gray, Mayor Royce and Tony Gray. So that is one of the reasons why this was a, this season, uh, it kind of felt, I, I'm not gonna say, you kind of felt like you had a lot of things going on in this particular episode, as well as this season uh, with the politics and education uh, and also with Marlowe's ascendance. So, of course, that that pilot never that pilot only became a pilot. It never that, that show never happened on HBO. Uh, so instead, you got a a heavy dose of uh, politics during the season, particularly this episode. Uh, this was a very good episode. Uh, personally, one of my favorites in season four. It always is. Uh, Margin of Error, uh, directed by Dan Atias, ranked 18th all time by Vulture. And you have the epigraph, don't try this shit at home, who, uh, by one Norman Wilson, who is, of course, the campaign manager of, a, uh, uh, of, of, of Thomas uh, Carcetti. Um, for themes, I had the kids see everything, everything. Um, and we'll see how that, how that takes place over the course of this episode in regards to our, our four friends. Uh, who, we, who we've been following during the season. Opening scene, uh, this is the Sunday before the primary uh, for the Democratic, um, for the Democratic uh, mayor uh, candidacy. And uh, you see Royce, Carcetti, and Tony Gray all going to separate churches, of course. Uh, Royce goes to a Baptist church. Uh, Tony Gray goes to a Catholic church. And Carcetti seemingly uh, goes to a Pentecostal church uh, in West Baltimore. Uh, we also see Naaman going with his grandma, not his grandma, but his uh, foster mom, Miss Anna, going to church. We see Bodie and little Kevin across the street, even on a Sunday, still slinging on a Sunday in the cold. Uh, so we see a bunch of things going on in this particular scene. We get inside the church, and most of the scene was spent with Carcetti uh with Carcetti and uh with Carcetti and you see the Reverend Reed who is actual by the way is an actual minister by the way that that guy who was the preacher was a, is an actual real life preacher Reverend Reed and during his sermon he is talking about 
uh, mixing in politics with the, you know, with his sermon uh, talking about Moses and the kind of public, the kind of expectations that we all should have of our public servants, uh, you know, being they should be men of truth and not men of covet covetedness. And when he says that word, you see the camera pan into Carcetti, and you see Carcetti's wheels are spinning as he are as he is taking in this uh, this these words by one Reverend Reed. Uh, kind of some some foreshadowing there going along, uh, foreshadowing in in that particular scene. Uh, and then of course we see um, towards the end of the scene, Reverend Reed uh, talking to Carcetti. And uh, saying, I, you know, I basically will keep an open mind until I vote on Tuesday. He knows his Carcetti has Reverend, uh, not Reverend, but uh, Delegate, uh, Delegate Watkins working the crowd. We see the deacon speak to uh, the Reverend. We, we know the deacon is, uh, deacon is just connected, just seemingly knows everybody. So that's, that was not a surprise whatsoever. So we are, you know, a couple of days away from the election. Um, thoughts on this scene yeah very good opening scene um letting us know a creative way and letting us know that the election is here um that that will be also a theme in this episode like different ways in which they kind of like like showed like how the city is, is dealing with the, the election and then also just kind of showing you the three candidates and and by proxy kind of like what the what election day looks like in Baltimore at this time. So we go to uh, Signer and Herc. They, of course, are surveilling Marlowe um, in the truck, in the surveillance truck. Uh, as of right now, they don't see anything. Uh, so Marlowe nor his peoples are out or outside. Um, but there will be certainly more to come uh, with that with that. A bit, certainly a bit of a, certainly a setup in regards to what's going to transpire uh, with Herc, uh, with Herc and uh, Marlow. Uh, we go to Carcetti and Watkins. Um, they're trying to pick, of course, this is, um, they're trying to pick up last minute votes. And then they notice a flyer that has a Carcetti photoshopped by a notorious uh, slumlord uh, um, slumlord, of course, Carcetti is enraged by this, but uh, you know, you see his campaign people, Norman in particular, say, Hey, we got this. This is why, you know, this is what you, you know, this is uh, this is what we do in regards to dealing, dealing with this. So, this clearly shows that uh, Royce uh, is running scared, uh, in regards to it was clearly something that was that was done by. Uh, so they noticed that he definitely is running scared in regards to how close this election is. What were your thoughts? Yeah, you named it right there. So we go to Naaman, Brianna, and Naaman, Brianna, and Delanda. Uh, so Naaman, Brianna, and Delanda. So Naaman, Brianna are on their way to see. Uh, Naaman and Delanda are on their way to see Brianna Barksdale. Uh, they are initially excited. Um, Brianna, name it. I mean, Delanda says, you know, explains to name it, you know, what what uh, Webe did for Avon and Stringer in regards to 
you know, how he, you know, how he stood tall for them during his time with them. And maybe she has something, Brianna has something uh, special in, in line for one, uh, Naaman Bryce. So definitely a setup in terms of what, what, what what's going to happen. Uh, what's going to happen? What were your initial thoughts on them heading to see uh, Brianna Barksdale? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's almost kind of like a, a. I mean, it's definitely set up for Naaman's character in the in the future, but it's almost a um, epilogue, like closing the final closing of the chapter for for the Barksdale organization. Yep. And and that side of the of the show, um, and so I thought it was very cool in that in that instance. Yeah, yeah. Well, and certainly, will we will get to the exact scene uh, uh, in a, in a few. Um, Marlon, uh, we have Chris, Marlo, and Monk. Um, so they are back where Marlo, of course, chop chops it up, sets up shop. They are having this fake conversation in where Marlowe is going to pick up uh some narcotics uh some narcotics from the train station um you see Signer and Herc uh with a lip reader in the truck reading what reading what Marlowe is saying you see Marlowe making it very clear in terms of pronouncing his words and 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 what have you so every you know Signer was like uh, so when Marlo says what he says, pick up the skinny girl, don't want nothing to go wrong. Herc is excited, saying, you know, I, you know, I told you basically Marlo was a monk, was a mope, he got him. So Herc is feeling good about himself. Sidner is like, yeah, I don't know about this. It doesn't make much sense that Marlo Stanfield, Stanfield get back, get close to a package. Uh, so he's he, he's you know he's not he's not always buying into buying into this. You can tell his reluctance, and uh, you see Marlo not yeah you see Marlo and Chris giggling. Uh, if you really pay attention, notice they're basically giggling after Marlo uh, says you know I'll take care of it. I'll you know I'll take care of this. Um, what were your thoughts on this scene? Shut up. So we go to Carcetti. Um, so Carcetti is with, his, with his, is with his team. He's just trying to figure out a strategy in regards to deal with, dealing with the situation with Royce and the Slumlord. This uh, smear campaign. Uh, Carcetti does not want to smear. Um, does not want to go back and forth with Royce in terms of coming up with a smear campaign of his own. And um, Norman Wilson jokingly says, "You know, maybe we should uh, maybe we should uh, lie about Royce being caught with a, a boy and a dead girl in the hotel room," um, and jokingly says that, but basically says, "Listen, you know," says to Carcetti, "You know, we we're professionals. You know, uh, we're professionals. You know, we're gonna figure we're gonna figure uh, we're gonna figure something out." Um, what were your thoughts on this scene? Yep, just just uh, set up. You go to Brianna, Delanda, and Naaman. So Brianna Barksdale um, explains to them that you know there is no more money. Uh, Avon's away. The money has in, in in essence ran out. You know, which you know certainly makes sense. And the important part of this was number two things: one, the fact that Naaman that she specifically called for Naaman to be there. 
And two, she says that uh, Brianna, that that uh, Delanda has been amply compensated for. Says you you have not been disrespected. We you've been taken care of for all the time that they did with the Barksdales or, or served the Barksdales and you know, was loyal to the Barksdales. And she made a point to say it in front of name in front of Naaman. Um, Brianna Delanda, of course, is annoyed by this because this means that she actually will have to probably, you know, have to do something besides sit at home and, you know, drink and, and, and take trips and what have you. Uh, so she's annoyed by this. She doesn't, she, you know, says that Brianna seems to be doing well for herself and says that Bay threatened, basically threatens Brianna in terms of, you know, Bay could get the run in his mouth. Brianna basically says, you know, hey, I don't, I don't, they don't have me at all on the phone uh, or near any drugs in what, in which she's, in which she's right. And the fact that she really doesn't care for uh, Avon Barksdale, uh, doesn't care about care about what happens to Avon Barksdale if if uh, Webay were to start talking to get Avon more years, which we know Webay is not going to do. Um, what are your thoughts on this on this scene? You mentioned it earlier. It's kind of like a closing chapter of the Barksdale family and uh, and and what in, in in terms of their organization. Uh, what were your thoughts? on the interaction between Yeah, the ain't no kind of about it. Like this this was the uh, yeah, the the way I should have set the first part up is just like that was the beginning um of of her her final statement of the Boxster Boxdale organization. This is this is her final statement. Um she makes it very clear that she does not mess with Avon like that and does not care what happens with Avon. And so um you know, in a lot of in a lot of ways, like you, we learn the money's the money's gone. Um, we learn that the or like the the Barksdales aren't even talking to each other and and kind of don't even care about each other. And what's very important about the fact that uh, Brianna is severing ties with Bay is just like all of those all of those things that tie and connect the organization together those are being all separate. And so if it is just kind of like the closing, it is just the end of, of the Barstow era is closing the book on that and letting, letting everybody know that, that, that day is done. Oh, how about symbolically for naming symbolically for naming? It is now you're going to have to walk on your own two feet on your own name, yada, yada, yada. Or the beginning steps of that for him. How about the idea uh, or the fact that she wanted to say that in front of Naaman um, in regards to saying that the, the, the last part of the scene where she says, your mother has been amply compensated for. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like what I said. Like the, the symbolic, like all of this is, I mean, what this scene is absolutely about is the, the symbolism. And the symbolism is for Naaman. Like I said, the adults don't matter in the show. It's all about the kids. And right. so it's about naming. And so naming being there is symbolically like you don't like like your mom has used WeeBay's name a, a lot. Um, you're not going to get to do that like that. Like them days is, is cut. If you're going to survive, you're going to need to do it on your own. That is what this all is symbolically saying to 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 name it, um, which will play heavily in the coming episodes. 
because we're going to analyze his choices. So we get to uh, Kima and Norris. They get some more. Uh, they get some more information. Norris gets some more information on the witness, on the uh, witness being killed. Uh, they discuss it, um, and they discuss it. So, uh, what were your thoughts on this latest, uh, this latest discussion about that uh, the Braddock case uh, moving forward? Shut up. Uh, Carcetti and his wife. Um, so Carcetti, of course, is upset that about the idea that this uh, picture with the slumlord could cost him the race. He mentions to her that, you know, at the beginning, he was resorted to defeat when he was down by 15 points. Uh, you know, he knew going in, you know, his, the odds were stacked against him as a white mayor. Uh, in Baltimore, or, or or white, or a guy, or a white man trying to be a mayor in Baltimore, but the fact that he's this close, uh, basically running neck and neck with Royce, if this cost him the race, he would be uh, devastated. Uh, if this is the this is the thing that cost him the race, uh, what were your thoughts? Shut up. Get back to Naaman and Delanda. Uh, they talk about the meeting with Brianna. Naaman questions. Uh, Brianna in regards to, you know, what Brianna said in regards to what Brianna said about her being amply compensated. Uh, Brianna, uh, Delana, of course, you know, calls Brianna a lying bitch and says that uh, there are things about this world you just don't know. She says that, you know, you need to step up. You need to uh, step up and you're going to get a package from Cody. She also uh, calls WeeBay in jail uh complaining about what transpired with uh with Rihanna. Weebay is, you know, he takes the call, of course, but he, you know, Weebay was barely paying attention to what she was saying. Basically one word answers from him. He wasn't, I and mean, we know Weebay is not going to say anything about Avon. We know his loyalty to Avon. And he, and we know Weebay knows uh you know knows Delanda and who when what she's all about. Uh, what are your thoughts on on this interaction? Shut up. We go to uh, Carcetti and Norman. So Carcetti, Norman goes to pick up Carcetti. Carcetti has already left his house. Of course, uh, responding to uh, the election. This is election day, so Carcetti is already out. Uh, Norman, of course, is annoyed by this. Um, We'll see how that uh, we'll see how that plays out uh, over the course of the episode. We go to uh, the Western uh, Police or the Western District Police. Uh, they're doing a roll call and they're going over uh, the latest warrants and news. So they finally uh, they finally for, uh, get a warrant out for Omar. Of course, this is going back to the uh, last episode when uh, Marlo and Chris set up Omar for the killing of the. Uh, of the, of the delivery lady. So they finally have a, they have a warrant for Omar's arrest. And you see that McNulty is not necessarily, uh, does not buy it, does not buy it that Omar would kill a citizen. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you named it. It's the fact that, um, that McNulty goes, huh, this doesn't really seem like Omar. And we see, you know, we see how excited all the Western officers were to finally 
have a warrant on uh on one uh Omar Little. Um Little Carcetti and Norman. Norman catches up with Carcetti. Carcetti, of course, is trying is back at the is that at the, is at the office. Uh seemingly hasn't slept all night and trying to come up with more ideas to get more black voters. He's going through all these scenarios, and Norman basically says, "Look, you know, we 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 know what we're doing. We know we know what we're doing here. Uh, we'll we'll take care of this." Um, uh, so you know, you know, listen to listen to your team. That's what he's trying. Norman's trying to emphasize trust. You know, you have professionals working with you. You have professionals working for you. We know what we're doing. Uh, we know, excuse me, we know what we're doing. Uh, what were your thoughts on 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 this interaction with Norman and Cargetti? Yeah, you named it. It, it. He he. It was about his team and just getting Carcetti to chill out. So, Prez and Duquan. Uh, we see Prez continue to take care of Duquan. He allows him to shower early uh, before classes start. He gives him uh, some new clothes, some different some clothes. He gives him a laundry basket basket or bag to put his clothes in. So we continue to see that relationship develop. Um, we continue to see that that relationship uh, grow, and in the same uh, in the same scene, you see Naaman, Paul, Manel, uh, and Tiffany. Uh, so, of course, you remember the last episode where what transpired with the two boys and the girl in the bathroom as Randy stood lookout. So the girl. Tiffany uh, goes uh, and tries to uh, get the attention of the two boys, Paul and Monell, who happen to be walking with Naomi down the hallway. Uh, they basically, you know, blow her off. But it was it was Naomi's comment that will end up doing the most damage, as Naomi says, you know, how much, basically fifty, you know, can I? Have, he basically said, you know, fifty cent. Would you have sex with me for fifty cent? She responds to it. And they continue. They they insult her, embarrass her in front of basically in front of the entire not the entire school, but a lot of people in the hallway. Uh, we will see what that leads to. Uh, what are your thoughts on this scene? Yeah, I mean it's 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 set up, but it's set up for um, Randy and like the kind of like this is the defining moment of like his life in this show, um, and is going to kind of show us the where the path, the beginning of where the path is going to lead for him. We go to Rawls and Lansman. Rawls creeps up, basically creeps up and surprises everybody by showing up in the unit. Uh, showing up in the unit, you hear Crushfield say, uh, you know, we hate, you hear Crushfield and Holly say, you know, they basically hate when the officer, when the bosses just, when the bosses show up out of nowhere. Crushfield says, yeah, I need to unclench my ass cheeks. And then you have Rawls and Lansman discuss the Braddock investigation. Again, Rawls tells uh, Lansman basically, we're going to slow this thing. We're going to slow this thing down by assigning Norris and Greggs to election duty, and election duty, and will they can they can pick up the investigation on on Wednesday, which will be after the election. Uh, and he, you know, explains to Lansman, hey, this you know we don't want to piss off either. We don't want to piss off either Carcetti or Carcetti or Royce because one of them is one of them is probably one of them is going to win is going to win this election. Uh, so that this is basically them. This is basically Landsman, uh, not Landsman. This is basically Raw's 
uh, you know, playing, you know, playing, you know, politicking himself, um, and basically saying, hey, you know, slow this down until after election day, after election day. Uh, what were your thoughts on this interaction? No, no, you named it. It's the politics of, of the whole thing. So you go, we go to go back to the classroom, uh, to the teachers. The teachers uh, at the middle school find out which students are going to be taken out of their class. Of course, we, uh, these, are the, these are the students that are going to be, you know, the, the corner kids. So teachers are excited to, uh, they find out which students are going to be taken out of their class. Of course, they completely agree with this in regards to uh, how this is going to take place. And they go over a list, uh, a list, a number of students that are going to be, that are going to be uh, taken out of uh, classes and uh, assisting and, and, and going on with COVID and, and the academics uh, pilot program. Uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, yeah, um, this is this is the beginning of the kind of like setting up the program. Um, so definitely set up just the beginning of it. So we go to Carcetti and Norman. Uh, they are back again, still going over some uh, last minute strategy in regards to um, in regards to the election. They are with the team, and then uh, Clay. They get they. Uh, Norman tells them that Clay Davis wants to see them for a meeting, uh, and of course, Clay Davis uh, wants his money, uh, twenty thousand uh, dollars, just to take the meeting. Carcetti is reluctant to do it, but uh, his team, Norman and uh, Terry D. Gasquino, both say that convince him that he should take the meeting. That all uh, that if if he is if Clay Davis is running game, all we have to lose is the money. So they decide to take uh, decide to take the meeting. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yep, shut up. So we have Prez and Clay. Uh, Prez in the class. They. Uh, so teachers come by, uh, no, Principal Don, uh, Vice Principal Donnelly comes by and starts to take kids out of class, uh, starting, of course, with Naaman, Zenobia, and Darnell. Uh, they take other kids out of class who they identify to be a part of the program. And Naaman, on his way to, uh, to, see, to, the, to, to see what the program is all about, sees uh, the girl, the young lady, Tiffany, talking to the police. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, shut up. So we go to Clay, Carcetti, and Norman. Um, Clay publicly, Clay, Clay uh, Davis says they, they're, at a, they're at a restaurant. He says that he cannot publicly uh, in support them, but he can split around. He can split up his walking around, his walking around buddy, as well as as well his as well as his tickets. Um, between Carcetti and Royce, um, so they uh, he gives them a number. They look at the number, uh, basically agree to it, and and then uh, he and then they leave. They uh, leave the meeting. Uh, thoughts on Clay Davis? I mean, yeah, that, that that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, it's just it's it's like it's it's set up. But when I'm saying set up in these cases, it's character set up. And so, like, there's definitely this is a shift episode. And so 
they're setting up uh, Clay Davis's character for the future. And the main thing that they're setting up is, uh, you know, how skilled a politician Davis is. Yeah, yeah, definitely a lot, a lot of uh, setup and foreshadowing for his for his uh, particular for his particular character. Um, we go to Randy, Paul, and Manol, Manel, uh, Manol. So Randy gets called down to the principal to the vice principal's office. Um, Randy uh, says initially uh, says that he was uh, you know says that he was a lookout. Uh, for Paul and Manon and says that uh, once, you know, once Donnelly comes at him about Tiffany claiming to, the girl claiming to be raped, uh, he, he admits to being a lookout and says that he was a lookout, but she was willing to do it, that she was, that, that she was willing to do it, that she wasn't raped. Of course, Donnelly says, how do you know? You, you still were there and you still were part of the situation. She, of course, uh, threatens, you know, threatens him with uh, suspension, is possible, ex- possibly expulsion, and uh, and police knowing about this as well. So as she's picking up the phone to call his uh, foster mom, he starts singing like a canary, just basically telling everything he knows about things that happen in the school and what have you. And then he finally comes to the point uh, to where he he find, he talks about uh, Lexus's murder about knowing about the murder of Lex, which which pauses her uh, and really gets really garners uh, Donnelly's attention, and uh, which is basically a life be a life changing moment for one Randy Wagstaff. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, this was this this scene was about getting um, the the knowledge that Randy knows about the murder out into the general public, not just amongst amongst everybody he knows, but um, to the audience. And then, I mean, through the administration of the school and then through that, we'll then bring in the police and then the audience and, and everybody else. So we go to Cuddy. Uh, Cuddy has spent the night over uh, a woman's house. He wakes up the next morning, uh, is going after Josh. He tries to, he attempts to sneak out before the woman can know that he's gone. But as he's leaving, uh, she she catches him before he leaves, uh, says, you know, are you coming back? And says, he basically, you know, basically says no. He has some things to do. She acknowledges that, you know, she basically was just a one night stand. And Cuddy goes, and Jog goes on on a, on a run during election day. We hear, of course, the music, the uh, classic tune, "Move On Up" by Curtis Mayfield. Um, as we see Cuddy running, we see a montage with uh, Royce and Carcetti and Tony Gray uh, going, you know, taking pictures and uh, voting, voting for themselves. As we are, as we have made it, finally made it to. Um, election day. Uh, what were your thoughts on Cuddy? Yeah, this is what I was alluding to. I mean, there's no thoughts on Cuddy on this. Um, the the but the structure of the scene was was the thing that I thought was really cool. Um, the way in which to show how the election is happening all along the city without it just being like just straight up cuts of like. Carcetti just going in and voting and Royce going in and voting and it being like really like choppy. 
I love the music and then um, having Cuddy going out for a run and then the run being the, the way that we as the audience experience how the election is happening over the city. And that is a big deal. And that it, like this is uh, like this episode, if there's another theme, a lot of things in this episode, this is about change. This episode is about the uh, change that that is coming. And so um, I thought that was a really cool way to represent it in this montage. Uh, so we see uh, Naaman, Rand, Spider, and Randy. Uh, Spider and Randy. Randy, uh, Spider is passing out voter information. Um, as Cuddy sees them, uh, Spider runs off, and then we see a Rand, We see Rand, uh, Spider tells Randy, you know, explains to Randy what he's doing. He's getting paid, you know, getting paid for it. But Randy ends up. This leads to Randy getting a job, passing out Carcetti and voting, uh, voting pamphlets and leaflets along the way. Uh, what are your thoughts on this end? Yeah, this is sad. So we have Naaman and Delanda. Um, of course, Naaman, there's no school on election day. Uh, Naaman's playing video games. Delanda uh, basically tells him, you know, she's going to get dressed and we're going, we're going down to see Bodie, of course, to uh, to get a, to get that package. Um, what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on Delanda? Yeah, I mean, like I, I wanted. I mean, that's important to say 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 Delanda. And so, yeah, like a lot of these, a lot of things between them in this episode is set up, but they're also in the shifting relationship. I mean, setting up the shifting of the relationship in the dynamics, right? Like we're seeing like Delanda. Um, be more intense about this because um, the money that she's used to having coming in from drug enterprise is about to be gone. And so then Naaman is, is the one that then becomes the de facto provider. And she knows, she knows her son um, and she knows the capabilities he has in there or one would assume that. And so um, there's all sorts of setups there. Naaman of course knows himself, knows how he feels, about what is there, um, what is out there for him and, and what he has to now do and responsibility he has to now take. And so um, oh, that's, that's what I mean by setting all, all of these scenes are setting up, setting up those shifting dynamics now that we know that the money faucet is turned off. So we get to Randy and a staffer, uh, campaign staffer, he uh, gets some information and gets him out the flyers to pass out on election day. Uh, he also gives him uh, some walk around money uh, for the day, even before the job is done. Um, tells him, you know, you can uh, find some friends and, you know, to help you out and uh, to help you out as well. So, see Randy with some walk around money earlier. Of course, earlier in the episode, we saw Clay Tom, Clay Davis talk about uh, talk about splitting up some of his walk around money for uh, for Carcetti and Roy. So, just continuously seeing how you know the you know education and this election and uh, and this election, the politics are 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 intertwined and parallels between them. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I see where you're going with that. Maybe um, the the I, I think the I think also um, there is a 
there's also a statement going on of um, what matters in um, in the city of Baltimore at this time and how to actually get people to do the things you need them to do. Um, and it's not as simple as just give them, just pay them to do it. Um, I, so I think there's something the show is, is starting to bring up around that. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point because, in, you know, it wasn't just the money. In, in both cases, we'll see that that the money was just was basically not enough in terms of the job getting done. Uh, and we'll, we'll see that. We go to uh, Greg's and Norris. They are discussing being detailed to election duty because of the Braddock case. Um, they, you know, basically identified the fact that they being that you know they were basically pawned, basically to a lesser extent, saying that you know basically they know that they are are pawns in terms of this bigger game that's being played, and they realize they're being used. Um, in particular, uh, particular Greg's. Uh, what were your thoughts on on their interaction? Uh, we go to Carcetti, Norman, and an older gentleman. So again, uh, Carcetti and Norman are out uh, doing some last minute details before uh, before everything comes to a, uh, before the election is over. Uh, during ele- on election day, so an older gentleman, older white gentleman, walks up to Carcetti, recognizes him, of course, says that he knew Carcetti's father, and basically uh, said that the Royce administration has gone too far in regards to stealing, in regards to stealing uh, during his time during his term there. He says that you know you expect politicians to steal all a part of the game. One, you know, you know, maybe, maybe uh, one dollar, but you know, basically, is that you know these movies are still, in, you know, are still in more than what they should be still in. As uh, Norman is, uh, as Norman here's a comment as well. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, on on that interaction? Yeah, the show is um, just in case they weren't clear before about who. Um, his basis that that was them being very clear with the audience about who Carcady's base is. So we go to Randy, Dookie, and Kennard. Uh, also Donut as well. So they are uh, Randy recruits them to pass out information. Uh, this is before they. I mean, this is before they. Of course, don't know that he already has the money. That he has the money uh, from the staffer, so he gives he convinces them to pass out uh, voting information on voting. Uh, Michael Michael of course declines, and uh, so he has, uh, so that he gets Randy, not Randy. Randy gets Dookie, Kennard, and Donut uh, to help him out and uh, to help him out with passing out the information. Uh, what were your thoughts? Shut up. And also, I also noticed, you know, again, Michael not going along with the crowd, not being interested in that, uh, being interested in going his own way. So, so keep that in mind as well. Um, we go to Delanda, Bodie, and Naaman. Uh, 
so Naaman, Delonda takes Naaman down to go see Bodie. She basically uh, demands uh, Bodie to get, uh, you know, to give Naaman a package. Uh, says that he's going to do better. Says that you know, basically he's going to do better. Bodie, of course, uh, knows who Delonda is. Uh, she brings up Weebay and says, you know, I can give you a cell number. And you know, Bodie, of course, you know, knew knew Weebay very well, and uh, kind of pays you know pays his respect to Weebay by uh, giving in to Delonda. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, as as we both already stated, this is about Delonda and um and her son Naaman and their relationship and Naaman's Naaman's relationship. Um uh name or and Naaman's evolving personality. Um and you know this is the case because at the end of the scene, Bully goes, It tells me a lot about about why you are the way you are. Yeah, yeah. When he calls he says, uh we call you, you know, we call your mom a dragon lady. Um, you know, we call your mom, you know, what we call your mom is a, a dragon lady. Um, and yeah, you basically calls out naming um, from that standpoint. So yeah, that going on as well as also showing his, you know, shows Bodhi's reverence for, of course, also for, for uh, Weebay as well. Um, you go to Randy uh, and the crew along with Donut. Of course, Donut has stolen another car. Uh, Brandy uh, tells them uh, that he already has the money. Of course, this is, this is Randy. This is kind of in a theme with Randy, you know, running his mouth uh, throughout the course of this season, uh, running his mouth. So he tells her, he basically tells her another secret in regards to he has the money. The kids at this point, the man that, uh, you know, that they get a part of their cut, uh, get paid. They get, of course, you know, kids passing out uh, election flyers. Of course, they're going to get bored with it. Uh, they get the money. They get some money. Get some uh, get money from uh, from Randy, and they decide to go go get some um, and decide to go get something to eat. As they are just, they're basically done with passing out uh, passing out things, or passing out the voting um, the voting materials. Randy decides to to go and uh, finish the job. Uh, what were your thoughts on this scene? Yeah, I mean, like the the overarching stuff is all about character moments of the showing different quirks of each of the kids' personality. But the other lesson is uh, don't tell people that you've been paid. Yeah, yeah, and also again, and something to keep in mind for moving forward, we see Donut stealing another car, stealing another truck or car. Uh, so we see that as well. Um, Go to Cuddy, Naaman, and Michael. So they go to the, they're back at the gym. Naaman tells Michael about the package. Uh, asks, uh, tries to basically recruit Michael. Says you want in on this. Michael says no. This is your thing. Uh, Michael sees Cuddy flirting with another with another mother. Uh, so Cuddy comes over to Michael when once he's done, you know. Once he's done you know, speaking to a young lady or flirting with a young lady, tries to bond with the bond with Michael by talking about women. Uh, Michael is Michael is not impressed by this uh, by this at all, and uh, he asked Cuddy Cuddy asked him about Spider, 
And Michael um, says, you know, won't you ask his moms? And then Cuddy realizes that, you know, Michael's basically been paying attention to what's been going on in regards to uh, his, you know, philandering around the gym and says, you know, I've been locked up for a long time. Says, I ain't no angel. And Michael says, no, you you ain't, you're not that. And that's where, you know, kind of, he, without, he, without, he checks Cuddy, uh, tells Cuddy about himself. And um, very interesting interaction between those two uh, as, you know, maybe it was the first time that Cuddy realized, you know, what he had been doing was in front of these kids, that these kids are watching him. Uh, maybe that's the first time he even thought about it once Michael, you know, tells him, you know, tells him that or explains that to him. Um, what were your thoughts? Yeah, this is, this again, like we, we said, this episode is shift, change, however you want to think about it. And so, um, there are various levels of trust. And so, um, Cuddy via Michael is learning about another level of trust he's going to have to get to in order to complete the mission he wants to complete uh, for both himself and the boys. Uh, so we see uh, Carcetti and Norman with his team. They're watching the television. They see Clay Davis uh, endorse, endorse endorse Royce uh, publicly, and of course they're you know they are somewhat annoyed by this, but not surprised. Um, Norman says he must he must have shook down Royce for even for even more money for even more money than what he asked for uh, from Carcetti. Uh, Carcetti is, of course, pissed off, saying we paid $20,000 for this. And, uh, you know, we see politics. Uh, we see, you know, politics is, you know, politics as usual. And also we see, again, get to see uh, who Clay Davis is as well. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, now you named it politics as usual. And Clay Davis is a very savvy politician. So we go to uh, Omar. Uh, Omar is in the is in the, uh, is, in the uh, is in the liquor store or a local or a corner store, getting a beer, or getting a corner store, getting some cigarettes. He notices the cops outside on on on, on, on uh, looking at looking at a mirror and sees the cop cars. So he puts his gun. Um, he goes to get a beer, puts his gun in the refrigerator or in the freezer. And you know he is busted by Officer Walker. Uh, we know we know what type of person Officer Walker is. So Officer Walker not only busts Omar, he pushes his head against the wall, uh, cuts Omar's face, and also takes Omar's ring. We see a bunch of cops then come come out of nowhere, led by uh, McNulty. Uh, they tell him you know the charge is murder. That he's they tell him about the warrant for uh, for his arrest. He uh, gets a call. He gets to, they allow him to make a phone call to Butchie. And we see uh, Omar tell him, tell Butchie, you know, what the situation is. And Butchie says, you know, I'll take care of it. Of course, Officer Walker takes the ring and Omar gets hauled off in, in, uh, in the wagon from our, by our buddy, uh, Sammy. Uh, what were your thoughts? Um, yeah, this is, this is, uh, uh, a good callback to 
the relationship that Omar and McNulty have um, built over over many seasons at this point. Yeah, allowing him to uh, make that call. We also see the pull that Butchie has with, you know, saying that, you know, okay, no big deal. I got you in terms of uh, saying that, you know, when Omar says I'm about to go to, you know, I'm going to jail. Uh, so we see, uh, you know, we see that 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 relationship as well with Omar and Butchie and Butchie's, uh, Butchie's uh, connections um, as well. So we go back to uh, Carcetti and his wife. Uh, so Car- you have Carcetti, his wife, you have Royce and Gray, all the candidates. This is election night. All the candidates are closely watching the results. Uh, Carcetti. Um, so we see them watching. See them watching the results. You see the worry on uh, Royce's face as they say Carcetti is leading. Early returns have Carcetti leading, but not all the returns. But a lot of returns haven't been by what. A lot of returns haven't been uh, haven't been sent in or haven't returned yet from from Baltimore from West Baltimore, which is which is Royce's base. So you know there's some out there seemingly would, would be some optimism there, but you can see the concern on Royce's face when those initial results come out. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, this is um, kind of like the the beginning of the coronation um, that needs to happen in order for the transition for the show to happen. So we see Delanda and Naaman uh, Naaman comes home. Delanda is uh, has been drinking, and she basically, you know, says, you know, I'm the, you know, she basically asks Naaman how to go. Naaman said, you know, Naaman lies to her. You know, basically says that you know everything is is good. Uh, as he goes upstairs, he throws the package that was given to him on the bed on his bed, and you know, on his bed. Um, so we we see where uh, where that is going. Uh, what are your thoughts on 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 this scene? Yeah, this is this is uh, you see her drinking and and a lot, so she's. T- I mean, like this is the great juxtaposition, right? Like juxtaposition juxtaposition in this scene uh, because she's feeling the exact same feelings he's feeling. They're just feeling it in two different positions, right? Like she's terrified because like, oh, like the family legacy, my immediate um, comfort is dependent upon him. Um, So she's terrified of that. Um, And then he's like, oh, my my mom's immediate happiness and our immediate financial benefit is dependent upon me. And so he's terrified. Um, And what is what is. What is said by him throwing that package on the bed um, and, and starting to play games was stated in that. It's stated in her eye and like the, the camera lingering on her even as it goes up the stairs is that both of them know uh, that or have a sneaky suspicion, I guess is the best way to put it, that he's not up for this task. So next immediate next scene, we see Randy with Miss Anna. Uh, you see um, she is still uh, upset 
about um, what transpired. A very good scene because nothing is said. He's doing his homework. She looks at him a certain way. And it's just that, oh, we've all been there where you've done something wrong. Your parents are pissed off and nothing has to be said. It's just it's just that look. It's just that energy in the room that speaks volumes. And that was the case in this particular scene. So I, I think it's real important with these scenes being back to back because we see two different sets of parents. We see one parent that cares about her own being in regards to Delanda, about her happiness in terms of her money, not about her child per se. And she's upset. And then we see Miss Anna, who absolutely 1000% cares about Randy and his well-being, being upset about the choices that he's made. So um thought that was important for them to have, thought that obviously wasn't a coincidence that they had those scenes back to back with two different parents uh, who have two, um, who have two, who have various, obviously various intentions in terms of where their energy is going to. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, you named it. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, see, Carcetti and his wife, and again, uh, that and again, you saw there were a number of scenes with Carcetti and his wife, and we will definitely flush out why that was. Certainly, will play into how this episode ended. Uh, he tells his wife that Demper is about to lose. Of course, Demper was is was with is is, is the, was the white older gentleman that was with uh, Royce. So that is certainly not a good sign for Royce. Um. So she, so you know, she's. He, so that again, that's a, this is kind of again a continuation, continuation to your point of the uh, of the uh, coronation, and another sign that things are going in the direction of Carcetti. Um, then we go to Omar in jail. So Omar is for the first time really in this entire series. Omar looks terrified. He's going in jail. He's in jail. He, uh, a lot of these guys, certainly that he, that are in jail, had, he certainly, uh, is, probably, he probably has robbed during the course of his lifetime. And they are excited to see him, uh, waiting, just waiting to get a piece of him. So he goes into his cell. He's led into his, uh, so we see Omar for the first time. Really, ter- really look scared and really in a place of vulnerability. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yep, you named it. So, Carcetti, uh, his wife decides to says that he, you know, decides to take him for a walk on the harbor. As the results are coming in, they're walking on the harbor, you know, talking about the, you know, the future and Carcetti, you know, saying. Uh, we can get some jobs down here, you know, then get things back turned around. So he gets a call, gets a call from Teresa DiGaschino uh, and uh, explains, uh, tells uh, his wife that Royce has conceded. He gives her the numbers that we took two out of every five, took two out of every five votes from his base. We took his base and that we won. Um, and, he 
seems, you know, somewhat despondent, somewhat shocked. She asks him, are we, well, are we happy? And he says, you know, he ends up, ends up saying, yes, we're happy. Uh, very poignant scene. I, I've asked a few things on this scene. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on this scene? Yeah, I mean, I, I think like it's one thing to think about something, to want it, to try really hard for it um, against like a lot of, you know, um, variables and stuff like that. And then it's another thing to ask to actually achieve it. And so um, I think that's uh, I, I think that that's kind of like the thing that really stuck out to me about this scene. Yeah, uh, I think he, you know, I remember uh, hearing like a while ago Jerry West talk about winning a, winning his first championship. And if you, of course, if you know, if you know, you know, know about it, know, you know basketball, the fact that the Lakers could never beat the Celtics, and Jerry West always lost to the Celtics, which was never beat, never actually never beat the Celtics. It was like over seven in the finals. So he finally wins. He finally finally wins a championship, beating the Knicks, and he says he felt a sense of uh, it was much relief, and there was relief. He says there was relief and emptiness, and in that, and even more than there was exhilaration, you, and you kind of got that from Carcetti, uh, a sense of uh, I'm not even gonna say relief, but just a, a, a sense of uh, somewhat emptiness in terms of uh, achieving this. Um, so very interesting scene from that standpoint. Well played certainly by the actor, Adrian, Adrian Gilliam, uh, Gilliam um, did a tremendous job during this scene. So um, very good scene. Um, and I think also now, now that he, now he realizes that, you know, there, you know, he's, he's, you know, heavy to head that wears the crown. Now he, he is, you know, he's going to have all, you know, all the pressure's going to be on him now to make all these uh, promises and changes that uh, he's, he's talked about. So that, that, weight, that weight is, uh, gets shifted quick. <laughs> you know, it was on Royce all these years. Now it's, it's shifted to uh, one Carcetti. Um, so, Carcetti goes back to head to his headquarters to give a celebration speech to the song uh, "We Are Family," uh, of course by um, I forgot who I forgot the, the group that's on that. It's one of those real popular '70s groups. I think it's the uh, the Staples Singers. It might have been the Staples Singers. Um, Clay Davis is there, of course, at the celebration. Uh, Clay Davis and Clay Davis says, you know, I let y'all off light. I could have got y'all for much more. Um, looking, forward to work, looking, forward, looking forward to working with you, though. Uh, so you see that. You see the Reese Campbell, the Madam President, who we saw earlier in the season, paid, I think, like, episode one or two. Uh, so we kind of get introduced to her as well. So to continue on to your theme of change, uh, we see, you know, some characters that will be vital moving forward uh with clay davis and also narice campbell uh moving forward uh what were your thoughts on the celebration scene yeah uh -huh. it's uh kind of giving a 
quick glimpse at the players that are, are coming? Uh, we go back to Omar and Butchie, uh, Omar or Butchie's guy. So Omar's in jail, uh, in solid, in, uh, in his cell, and two big dudes walk up. And Omar, of course, you know, does not know what is about to transpire. He assumed that he's going to protect himself, so he's ready to fight. And the two dudes uh, happen to be Butchie's guys that uh, were sent in the comp to protect him. Omar, of course, is relieved because if a fight did break down, he certainly was not going to win that fight uh, with those two dudes. Um, so he's relieved that he has some protection on the inside. Uh, the first, the dude that does most of the talking is the real-life Omar, Donnie Andrews. That guy is the real-life Omar who, who passed away a few years back. So kind of, you know, that's that's David Simon and company kind of, you know, using – uh, along, you know, had, along with the Deacon, kind of using real life players and real life characters to uh, tell the story as well. Um, what were your thoughts on this scene? Shut up. Uh, so we go back to Carcetti and his team. They are in the wee hours of the morning, you know, drinking, celebrating. Uh, Norman takes home the other team member. So Carcetti is left by himself with Tariqa DiGassino. And um, she mentions, you know, you promised me a win bonus and comes on to Carcetti. Uh, and, you know, they start kissing. And uh, she basically uh, tries to convince him, convince him to have sex with her. Uh, he turns her down not once, but twice in essence. Um and uh, she says, you know what, just you know, write me a check. Says, maybe you have learned something. Uh, write me a check. And the episode ends with that. Uh, what were your thoughts on that ending scene? Again, a bookend. We begin with Carcetti. We end with Carcetti. Uh, hey, uh, yeah. What were your thoughts? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, yeah. That, I mean, like, that. that was just kind of like, it's like, the like the final coronation uh is like you know no like the ceremony was there but it's it was more that intimate moment right there in terms of he could have went one way with his decision making and he went another way and that that um is symbolic in terms of like the the corner he's either going to have to turn or has turned um in order to in order to do this job Yeah, um, he, so there were a lot of scenes. Uh, you probably saw more of his wife in this scene, in this sort of we did the entire season. I, that definitely was for a reason. I, I, I do believe that those moments, you know, there were a few intimate moments that he had with his wife during the course of this episode. Uh, so I, I think that that, pos that played a role in him making that decision to turn, to turn her down as well. Um, to turn her down as well, so I think that 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 was part of it. Um, and you you know, we look at themes in terms of this uh, episode. I had uh, I had the, the children, the kids see everything, and we saw that with our boys in particular. We saw Michael seeing Cuddy for what for who Cuddy is right now. Cuddy, yeah, Cuddy's doing. 
some good things with the boxing gym, but he still is in reform as far as his him as a person. He still is trying to find his way, uh, and he still doesn't come. He still doesn't recognize the effect that he has on these young boys or his actions have on these these young boys that he's around. So you see that going on. You see Naaman able to identify what was going on uh, in regards to um, in regards to general, in regards to when they are taken in by uh, the teachers and the, the program is discussed to them by Coven and what have you. He compares it to Gen Pop. And of course, he, he's familiar with that in regards to because of WeeBay. And, you know, Damon says, you know, you're getting us ready for Gen Pop, tells Coven. Coven is like, you know what? You're right. Uh, and they recognize, and one of the other kids during that scene says, we, we are, we were here to, you, you're taking us so we can get out of everybody else's shit. Uh, so the kids know what's going on, uh, despite how young they are, despite lack of maybe life experience, they know, uh, they pick up fast and they know what's going on. They know what's going on. And that's why, you know, you, you'll hear a lot of times, you know, you can, you can bullshit a lot of people. You can, it's hard to bullshit a child, a, a child, a student. So I, I think that was prevalent, uh, in regards to, um, what transpired over the course of this episode in regards to the, to the themes. And to your point, there's a, you know, there's a lot of change going on. You're going to have a new mayor, a new state's attorney. Uh, you see, uh, you see even physical changes. If you notice, as you've been, if you've been following us throughout the course of these episodes, the kids are growing up. They're getting physically, they're literally growing. We're growing up before our eyes, getting taller, uh, voices getting deeper, getting taller, and uh, so number of changes going on over the course uh, as we head towards the you know the midpoint of uh, of this season. Um, what were your thoughts on the on the themes of this particular episode? Uh, very good themes. Who you have as your uh, MVP? Uh, I think there could be only one MVP this episode uh, for me, and it's uh, Car Caddy. Yes, yeah, I, I think that's that was an easy call uh, with Car Caddy from uh, from start to finish. Um, this was, you know, this was his episode. Uh, this was his episode. It was supposed, you know, supposed to be his episode, but uh, he definitely did the actor, the character definitely delivered. Throughout the course of, of this episode, um, who do you have as your uh, first Chardine? Yeah, I mean, like I've really, again, like I'm just struck by that sh- that scene of um, Cuddy running through uh, the running through the neighborhood, and so I mean, like I'll I'll give it to Cuddy for that, but um, you know, there were a lot of there are a lot of people that 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 made that scene possible, but I just I love that scene so much. No, it's a great scene. The from the and they they rarely use uh, music during the course of an episode like that. You nah, know, they don't. You'll hear you you will hear music playing in the background, but you that's actual like live music. Like you, there've been a number of yeah. scenes over the course where it's just actually is real music playing as like real life, but they rarely 
unless it's the end of the season montages, uh, take put put those aside. They rarely use a musical montage, especially uh, in the middle of the season or during the episode. So um, yeah, that was very well placed. Um, the song, the you know, the ideal uh, uh, of change and and using Cuddy, who was one of one of our performers from labs from last season and continues to you know is continually to to be a uh to kind of reform his you know his his character uh him, himself I and mean, he's still still developing from that standpoint um there's certain coincidence that they use him for uh that particular scene so yeah i definitely have no problem with that i had the uh i had carchetti his wife uh, they had a number of good scenes, quality scenes together. Uh, but the one, of course, where when he finds out that he is going to become mayor, and that reluctance and and and, and his reaction, I thought that uh, I thought they both did excellent jobs. I thought that him, Adrian, you know, Carcetti in particular, did, uh, you know, was well acted in terms of that particular scene. Yeah. So, yeah, this was definitely a Carcetti dominated scene, a political. Uh, dominated scene, and they again, they were a couple things in that in this episode that will certainly carry throughout. You know, we will see throughout the rest of the season uh, in terms of changes uh, for uh, our characters. Uh, there was one other scene uh, with Nate, not naming with Randy, his mom, and Carver. So Carver went to the house. Uh, Assured, kind of reassured Miss Anna that this, you know, yeah, this is serious. But as long as he, you know, once he's done his suspension, long as he goes back to school and keeps his mouth shut, uh, he'll be fine. And she, of course, Miss Anna is nervous because she realizes uh, she's nervous about the fact that him talking to the cops uh, or him talking to the prince or him opening his mouth in general. She's she's nervous about the consequences uh, of that, of, of him of him being a part of this situation in particular. So we kind of got an introduction between Carver and Naaman, uh direct introduction between those two. And we'll see how that plays out for the, uh, the rest of the uh, season. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast, The Wire Remix Season 4, Episode 6. As always, thanks to one Robert Sapp, all right, sir. Stay safe, stay healthy. All right. Uh, of course, this episode will be up uh, before uh, up in a couple hours. And I will see you next time on this latest edition of The Real Deal Podcast and also with The Wire Season 4, Episode 7, uh, Unto, Other, Unto Others.